When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning. It is time to get up with a Buffalo beatdown. The boys bludgeoned. Did their Super Bowl hopes die in the rain yesterday? Meanwhile, are the Bills bowl bound? Their path might actually be a lot easier than you think it is. We will explain. And then the more things change, the more they stay the same. There's only one way to fix this problem in Kansas City. And we'll tell you exactly what it is as we get up with you starting right now. Look at us on a Monday, ready to go. Danny braving the storms to make it in this morning. We had some issues. I honestly almost got blown into the water. (laughs) We almost lost Danny. Neek is here. Rex is here. Let's do put your feet up. I'm commercial free. 20 minutes to talk to you about this game because it meant absolutely everything for both teams. It was Dak. It was Josh. It was one-sided. And this was a critical moment right at the beginning. First drive of the game. The Cowboys get a stop on this third and four. But we got roughing the passer. Rex, is this a good call? No, absolutely not, man. you got to be able to hit somebody. Look, he doesn't hit him in the head. He doesn't do anything. He, it's Rex, a horrible see, call. He's pointing at his face. He thought it was – he wanted it. He, sell it and he sold it, and he gets the call. So Latavius Murray takes it in, and it's 7-0 as they were bullying early on. Then, Danny, how about this special play? from Josh Allen in the second quarter. I love the play design by play caller Joe Brady. You get him matched up on a linebacker. Josh gets outside of the pocket, and then that smooth hands catch by James Cook was special. Cook was ridiculous all day long. Now it's Josh Allen, and he takes it in himself. I mean, he doesn't need any push, does he? He's like 400 <laughs> pounds. He's the strongest man on the field. Ten games this Four year <laughs> with a passing touchdown and a rushing touchdown for Allen. Most in NFL history. Bills up 21-3, and then here comes the D. I like the call. Third and one, you take a shot. You're down 21-3. It just felt like Buffalo knew exactly what was coming. The rush and then the trigger by the linebackers. Nowhere to go for Dak Prescott. Here it comes again. The story of the game was in many ways this Buffalo defensive line on third down got after this offensive line in the obvious pass situations for Dallas Cowboys. Allen only had seven completions in this game, but this one, a spectacular catch by Dave. Really nice job. Gets outside the pocket and then the sidearm throw, the one hand. Watch his steps. Eyes follow the ball completely into his left hand there to pull it in. Screw the mouth first. That was on a third and eight. And so if this was still a game, that gave them the advantage. And then this was the very next play. Just a complete beatdown at the line of scrimmage by the Buffalo Bills offensive line. And that's the difference. This team last year, the offensive line was the weakness. It's starting to become its strength. 221 yards from scrimmage for James Cook. He was the story. Too little, too late. Dak would get a touchdown late after that pick, but it wasn't nearly enough. This one, as one-sided as the final score would sound, 31-10. to The Bills get the huge statement win. Micah Parsons, what the actual heck? Honestly, it's just unacceptable at this point. Uh, it's no excuse for it. Uh, it's mind-boggling. I don't understand it. why we're not playing well and why we're not coming together on the road. It's a huge difference. It's what the, this next week of preparation and, and honestly these next couple of weeks are about is, is figuring out what that, that difference is and trying to close that gap. Uh, obviously, we'd love to 
come out, start like we play at home, produce like we do at home. Uh, but that just hadn't been the case. What he's referring to is the Cowboys fall to three and four on the road. Their three road wins have been against uh, lower level competition. And this one obviously one sided. So, as I mentioned, we're not going to a commercial for a long time. Get comfortable. Let's start big picture and then we'll go small. Let's play America's favorite game, Dominique. Bad game or bad sign for the Cowboys? It's a bad sign because you wanted to see them be able to fight back against that O-line and that D-line being overpowered. That's the thing that they're going to have to go up against when they play the 49ers. The two things they're going to have to face 49ers is going on the road and also playing against a team that offensive line wants to run the ball and smash you in the face. They just had it happen to them again against an opponent that we don't think is as good as the 49ers. So it's scary for them. And then on the other side of the ball, we had a similar-looking situation where their O-line couldn't really hold up against a pass rush that's not as talented as the 49ers. The, the story of this loss, similar to the story of the San Francisco loss. They got out physical yep. on both sides of the line, on both sides of the ball. But Rex, you were telling me before you picked Buffalo yesterday. Why? I picked them because I knew there'd be a letdown. And I don't disagree with what uh, Dominique's talking about. They did get out physical. They got out coach. Yep. They got out everything. Yeah. But... It's not surprising, and I'm going to tell you why. Look, they had to, they had to get four wins in a row, right? Mm-hmm. And then they, they match up, and they had this game circled against Philadelphia. All right? And understand, this game is, is played with humans and not robots, okay? Yes, it, I mean, and they accomplished that, that great game. They beat their, their division rival and all that. Man, I knew it. It reminded me so much of when we did the same thing in the playoffs in New England. We had put so much target on them, like, we're going to go back. We got our butts kicked by them. We're going to go back, and we're going to kick their butts and all that type of stuff. The next week, we're playing in the AFC Championship game, and we come out flat. How the hell is that possible? I have no idea. We had a great week of uh, preparation, practice, everything else, and we came out flat. I knew it. It felt so so similar to me. I knew it was going to happen. It was the, a hangover effect. That's what the, that game against Philly was like their Super Bowl, and it's hard to come back from that, even though there's four games left, including a huge one on the road. Absolutely. I took Buffalo because I think they're the better football team. A better football team. The Bills are better than the Cowboys. When the game started yesterday, the Cowboys' record was three games better than Dallas. Especially in Buffalo. Especially in Buffalo. This was an absolute no-show from the Cowboys, and embarrassing in many ways. They were out-coached, out-physicaled, out-effort, out-prepared. You saw why the number one seed was so obvious. Dan Quinn, great defensive coordinator. There's some questions to get answered. Yeah. It was a very clear plan by Buffalo. Buffalo was going to do two things. They, weren't gonna, they were going to run right at number 14. That was a very clear plan, and they were not going to block Micah Parsons. That was the story of the game. This wasn't a Josh. Josh did absolutely nothing. This was Joe Brady, the play caller, going, hey, number 14, here it comes. All game. And Micah, you're not going to do anything. So watch. This is what we call hop the back. Mm. It starts on the left side of Josh. Okay, now number 14 is going to be away from the passing strength, okay? Now the passing strength's to the bottom of our screen. Right before the ball gets snapped, they're going to hop the back away, and they're not going to block Michael Parsons. They're going to all go towards number 14. He's undermanned and undersized. Hop the back. And then look, Micah doesn't get blocked. They put him in conflict. This is the San Francisco model. This is the Philly model. And I have a 120-pound advantage right now, offensive line-wise, mm-hmm. by center blocking that linebacker. Now, if, if Dallas wants to play a little, great. So Dan Quinn goes, well, we're going to go five-man front. Awesome. We're still going to hop the back. We are still not going to block Micah Parsons. Micah's lining away from the back. Now we go right before the snap. James Cook hops. Micah doesn't get blocked. 
Look at the push. We have, we have big bodies on little bodies all game long. Dan Quinn never adjusted. It's the same formation. Bunch to the bottom. Number 14 matches. This is in the second half, so Dan Quinn goes, oh, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to flip the linebackers once the, the back moves. Look at the linebackers flip. Ball gets snapped. These guys run basically themselves out of the play. Micah's completely unblocked uh, again. And now James Cook has a massive uh, cutback lane all game long. So they ran this 18 times in the game. 18 times. 18 times they did that where they hopped the back. Because here's the thing, and you guys know this. Defenses set their – and you guys correct me. They set their defense off really two things. Our passing strength uh-huh. and then where the back is. They kept taking number 14 away from the passing strength and kept putting Micah away from the back. It was brilliant by Joe Brady say, okay, we'll set our formation right before the snap. We'll move the back. We're not going to block Micah Parsons. And we have a, they had a 120-pound advantage, offensive lineman versus Bell. So, so how much of this, when I'm hearing this, and it's fascinating to watch, you're a so, defensive player, they did not seem to make an adjustment, or if the they thing, did, it was not effective. The thing that we celebrated about the Cowboys last week is the thing that they're paying for now. Is last week we said that they were running similar things. They were keeping it simple for Dak. They were keeping it simple for their defense, and they are letting their guys go out there and make plays. The problem with that is if you don't have any wrinkles, you don't have any change-ups, when you then come out there, the defense did the same thing, where they were prepared for the seams that Dak was going to hit, the comebacks that he likes to hit. They were in those positions. They were mixing up the coverage post-snap. They were doing all those things. And on offense, excuse me, on defense, the same sort of thing. They had a couple little wrinkles, like you mentioned. They moved right. to the five-man front, but they didn't have anything special to take this away. Nothing. Given the fact that they're a team that we know is a little small up front, more of a pass-rushing unit, they should have some stunts, some sort of front that they know Don, that they can go into they, to, to stop the run. Buffalo ran the ball 49 times. Mm-hmm. Micah was involved in six of them. Involved in the tackle, you mean, or in making six the times. Play. Six out of 49. Six. So it, th- this is very clear. They're little in their front seven. I know Hakins right. didn't play, so that does factor in. They're little in their front seven. If Micah doesn't ruin plays... It's a completely different defense. If they don't get to hunt That's with an point. advantage. It's like they want their special players to make the plays, which is going to be great sure. sometimes, but there are going to be situations where you need your coaches to make a play. The bottom right. line of it is, look, I'm, I'm sometimes, maybe I'm oversimplifying this, but the Cowboys are not a defense that is built to be down 14 nothing. No. Right? right. The Cowboys need to play from in front so those guys can get after the quarterback, which they do probably as well and as Dan anybody. And then having a do. small safety playing linebackers to your benefit because right. he's in the pass coverage. Right. Anyway, I'm sorry. Right. No, right. no, right. that's my point. That's yeah. it. I mean, you're, you're saying what I'm saying only better because you understand it and I'm I'm just guessing. It just seems it seems to me that if, if you're if you're gonna if you, if you make the Cowboys try and play a physical game on defense that is playing against their strength and Rex as as one of the great defensive coordinators ever, it did not look obvious to me that they adjusted in any meaningful. No, way. they never did, and and that's the thing that but they never do, and they're built to play man coverage. You're talking about hey, we're getting the back isolated, you know, on a guy. Great coaching thing. Yeah, that's what they do. Right. And, and so if they can't hold up against you, it doesn't look good. The, the thing is, it's, it's interesting. I'm going to disagree about how oh, Josh Allen did nothing in this game. Yeah. He affected you know everything. What, yes, sure. But affected everything in a run game. Meaning. That's why they don't block Micah Parsons. Right. Who do you think is going with Josh Allen? Micah Parsons. Yeah. That's what contributes to the running game. And, and so to me, anytime he's running on that boot, yeah, especially in that five-man front, sure. yeah. well, who's responsible for that guy? Yeah. He is. And so we can't play the wineback run, all right? And so they took advantage of it. The size about the linebacker, Bell, okay, He's 210 200, pounds. 205 pounds. Okay, and so now that, that's obviously a joke. And here's what's uh, else a joke. 
a one linebacker set. That's why you saw all those counters. Right. Okay, they're getting more hats to the play than you got. You only have one in, in, uh, inside linebacker. So to me, it was a, a brilliant design. That's why we saw the play over and over and over. Rex, they ran you don't three need plays. to run anything else. Buffalo really ran three plays. They did that hop the back that I just showed yep. so often in, in that four strong formation. Yeah. They pulled the tackle a bunch of times. That's that Deion Dawkins clip where uh-huh. you see him just He's push the guy 20 yards Making downfield. linebackers disappear. Unbelievable. <laughs> Like and they ran like what we call Pony 21, where they put Johnson and Cook on the field at the same time. This this was a very much so the Cowboys have some issues on their yeah, defense that they're going to have to correct versus really well-coached teams. Yep. So, so before I put a ribbon on the, on the defensive side for a minute, Nick, I, I think most fans are watching this thinking they're just getting the ball run down their throat. That's a player thing. I feel like you guys are saying this was a coaching thing. Well, what thing was well, it? I think you can't have people, you can't have schemes or people that take care of every single thing. There needs to be a change. So at a certain point in the game, when you recognize that the sets that you're running and the players that you have aren't getting, getting it done, What's the you need answer? to have some, what is the answer to it? They went through the whole first half without an answer, came out in the second half and still had no answer. And Dan Quinn is from a system or like his lineage coaching-wise is we do what we do. Right. We were celebrating Dan Quinn because he made a, a change last week where he's like, all right, Gilmore, follow this guy. Right. We're like, yeah, that's an adjustment. But you need to have more than one adjustment. Yeah. That's a pass adjustment. Now you have a run game adjustment. They don't seem to have yeah, And you got to remember that, cl- se- that that last clip that I showed, Greeny, in the second half, yeah, they, tried, they to tried to start to flip number 14 and number 33. But it happens, they do such a good job, Buffalo, of moving late that you're at a disadvantage. If you try to flip, you run yourselves out of place. Yeah, so I mean, I, and what you're saying is they couldn't just put bigger people on the field because then Josh Allen would, would just take over the game. So the threat of Allen may have played a big role yesterday despite his only having seven oh, completions. I guarantee you it had an effect. Yeah, <laughs> but you know what, if, Josh, if, you, if you said Josh completes seven passes, I, I said last week, hey, Buffalo wins the game. Josh is going to lead the MVP yep, conversation. Right. I no, no way I say that after completing seven yesterday, passes. No, yesterday no, no. was bad for his MVP hunt, but it was really good to see this have a complete team win. And it seemed like he had faith in his coordinator. He had faith in his teammates, in his teammates in a way that I've, I don't know that I've ever They had a brilliant plan. I mean, you can't totally – agree. you have to give him credit that Joe Brady – or whatever, had a brilliant plan. Yeah, look, I mean, it was controversial when they made the offensive coordinator change a few weeks ago. So far, it looks like it was a good move. Now let's go to the other side of the ball. Dak Prescott went into yesterday as one of the leading candidates for league MVP. Their offense just got completely stoned yesterday. What was the story? Dak did not play good. He is far from the reason that this game went that way. He just didn't have the ball much. They didn't get in rhythm often. He's been so great on third down. Third downs, they got beat up at the line of scrimmage. The late coverage rotation or disguise kind of took away some of their favorite stuff. I don't think he saw the field as cleanly as he has. He's got a hitch and then a stick route. This is something he has been awesome at. Late rotation, corner plays off of top. Dak, every time this year, has thrown that hitch route with versus that soft corner. For some reason, he doesn't here. He hangs on to the tight end. That's get matched. That's second and 10. Incomplete to the back leads to third and 10. This is second and eight. They bring a what we call fire zone blitz off the right. Defensive end drops off the left. So often Dak plays the numbers game and would throw this ball to the top of the screen to the tight end versus a dropping defensive end. He didn't yesterday. This would have been at least a 10-yard gain. Instead comes down, throws a four-yard check down. 
this is me a little bit nitpicking candidly. Yeah, this he, is not about Dak is what you're he saying. Didn't, right. He didn't have much opportunity. Third downs, they were absolutely dominated by that pass rush. It was a weird game in this regard, if, if, in case you didn't see it. So the first drive, as we showed you, the questionable, I thought a very questionable yeah. roughing the passer yeah. quarterback, gives Buffalo another set of downs, they score a touchdown. Then Dak immediately misses a wide-open wide Brandon Cooks for what would have been a long touchdown. Then they get the running into the punter. Wide open. Well, he's, he's behind open. the defense, Dan. I mean, he overthrew him. He's, he's open. open. The That's ball a is overthrown. Then, then you get this. Then they run into the punter. Yes. Rex, in which they get compl- right. This is terrible. It looks like yeah. he should have caught it. Well, and that's the thing. He ends up leaving his feet instead of running through the hoop. So what we say about running through the hoop, literally you put a hula hoop there and you teach how you, how you go you and dive attack low. the ball. Yeah. You, and you never leave your feet. He unfortunately loses. Uh, I mean, so it was a, a disaster all the, all the way around. The good thing is, I got to say this, the good thing for Dallas, it's not just one side of the ball. Yeah. The whole team stunk. <laughs> okay. So special teams, they're not feeling good in their meeting. Right. right. Offense, you're not feeling good in your meetings. Neither is the defense. That you have a chance to improve because of this. Yeah, I think um, it's a lot of the similar stuff that we said about the offense. Excuse me, we said about defense. We say about the offense is like Dan was saying. We've seen Dak complete these these uh, pass concepts all season long. So have the Bills. Yeah, yeah. They also the Bills also recognize that Dak Prescott is one of the better uh, quarterbacks at getting a pre-snap read. He seems so decisive. This is the pass. That's the play. Yeah. You're so, telling me he's not he's open? Not wide open. Can <laughs> we go back yard, to that previous one? No, I'm not saying yard, no. I'm not saying no. It's a 60-yard bomb post that is a foot. He's not it's, saying that he should have. I'm merely saying this is a touchdown if it's complete. Listen, there's and more the game plays. Is totally different. There's more well, look plays. Look at this. You're telling that me he's to, not, that, that's not open by NFL I'm standards? I'm not saying it's not open, but you're you're making it sound like he's butt naked, wide open Cooper Cup yesterday, and he misses him by. I mean, he's. Well, they're not playing Washington for goodness. Right. No, no. I got bills are trying. plays that are more con- like Dak. There was yeah, four okay. three dropped interceptions. No, 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 I'm not making it about Dak. I'm merely saying, saying the game thing. started weird. Like it could, it, the Bills probably shouldn't have gotten their first touchdown. Yeah. Then the Cowboys could have tied it. Then they run into the punter. Now it's 14 yeah. nothing. The game felt even, but it's 14 nothing, sure. and it never came I, back again. I think again. when it comes to the Cowboys' offense, Dom's point is spot on. And, and going into the game. You're trying to figure out ways to slow down Dallas's offense. Dak had, in many ways, become unbelievably boring yeah. in a good statement. Where, where cover three, the ball go there. Cover two, ball like it was almost robotic. And what Buffalo did a really good job of was didn't tell him what was going to be the case pre-snap. Right. And then post-snap just changed a little bit. So it forced just a little bit of doubt, a little bit of cloud in his mind. Okay, exactly what are you doing? Then he forces, he's forced to play a little bit slower. Zach Martin goes out. Pass rush starts to get home. I think that's the, the late disguise was and really – they're down by a bunch, and so they're one-dimensional. So it yes. got, I think your point is a fair one. It got out of hand quickly. They're not as much – like the, as the score showed them to be like a lot worse than the Bills. That's what I mean. They're, the yeah, game felt right. dead even, and it's 14-0. Right. And, and I think it changes that the way the game is played. Hey, no, but in the first like eight minutes, it, it, it felt like, you know, the Cowboys are moving and they, or they have the, the open play. Then they run into the punter. The Cowboys stop them, both of their first two series, right. and they get the questionable call. Then they get the running into the punter, and now it's 14-0. Right, but there's an obvious question that we're missing is, Which is? why are the why is this team different on the road than they are at home? Watch the answer. And and, and can I just say it's night and day difference, right? There are right. twice as many points at home as there is on the road. Okay, and what it is, you talked about changing the picture. Both of you had talked about how Buffalo changed the picture. Why? This is a check with me offense. We praise them like crazy. Okay. 
And there, there's what your he numbers means by right real here. quick, Rex. And, what he means by check with me is they give Dak multiple plays in the huddle. He gets the line of scrimmage. Yeah. And he's telling the offense, what's the ideal play that we are going to get into? Because I know more than likely what the defense is doing. Exactly. And they're seeing it's almost as easy as are they two high safeties or right. one high. Well, they did a tremendous job showing two, rolling to one, going to fire zone, doing all these type of things, pressures and things like that. So they knew their checks. All right. This is going to be pretty, pretty obvious to me. Right. And when you're on the road, you don't communicate near as well. Because of the crowd noise. Exactly. Right. And Buffalo, obviously, Everything. one of the loudest places that you can play. It no, is. I mean, the home road split on the Cowboys now is noticeable. Look, we have just started on this game. You need to hear from Stephen A., and you will coming up. You need to see who's adopted me, and you will coming up. You need to see what happened late last night. Lamar Jackson making that crazy play and many more. We'll get to the Ravens as we continue. Plus, the seat getting warm in Pittsburgh these days. Do they need to be very careful? What they wish for in the Steel City. What a morning we've got playing. We're getting up with you on ESPN. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. Delicious, meat nutritious, and the snack that packs a real protein punch. Wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has 6 grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you're on the go a lot, taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries. Well, the good news is, not only are wonderful pistachios a complete protein, providing all all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut, or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Get Up is brought to you by National Car Rental. Go national. Go like a pro. Uh, and unfortunately, uh, Dan wasn't able to drive here this morning because of the weather, so he swam. Uh, here in the East River. Take a look at Dan upon his arrival. I took that picture. Look at you, Danny. <coughs> Yo, I was, I mean, one, stupid by me. Um, 
Couldn't use an umbrella. I'm soaked right there. So. I mean, look at him. Man, we had to deliver these takes. You think they're going to deliver the <laughs> <laughs> Neither rain nor snow. Thank you. Thank you for your service, buddy. Neither rain nor snow nor sleet nor rain will keep Dan Orlowski from breaking down tape with you on Get Up this morning. And that continues in just a moment. The, on the, the Cowboys getting cooked yesterday. Does this mean they can kiss their Super Bowl dreams goodbye? Spoiler alert. The answer to that is yes. And we'll tell you why next. Batted out of the air and almost intercepted. Dropped him for the sack. Prescott taking a shot. Well, that was ugly. They beat us with the formula. Weaving his way through tacklers and dragging people. One-yard touchdown run by Josh Allen. Look out, Dax. Down he goes. Intercepted. We just trusted our guys to make plays, and uh, they did. Diggs, an unbelievable one-handed grab. A blowout. Thoroughly outplayed by the Buffalo Bills. The bludgeoning in Buffalo. Stephen A., what did you think? It's just a reminder of what the big bullies the Dallas Cowboys are. When you're going up against inferior competition, you show up and you show out. And you'll win a tough game here and there. But every now and then there's elements and increments that are dropped to show you who you are and what you're going to be when it really, really counts. How about them Cowboys? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so we're looking forward to Stephen A. getting here in a little while. And this is how damaging that defeat was to the Cowboys. The Eagles now have a cushion. The Eagles will play tonight against Seattle. Even should they lose that game, the Eagles will maintain a tiebreaker advantage against the Cowboys. I will explain to you in in as quick a fashion as I can here, Cindy, if you come out to the group, probably be easier. The bottom line of it is this. If the Eagles and Cowboys win out, if the Eagles lose tonight, Philly wins the division. The only way that the Eagles don't win the division is if they suffer one of their losses to the Giants. That would mean that they would lose a division game. They still have to play the Giants twice. If Tommy DeVito beats them once, the Cowboys can still win the NFC East. Otherwise, that loss to Arizona, the conference record is going to be the difference because the Eagles' stunning loss was to the Jets, of all things. The Cowboys was to the Cardinals, and that difference in the conference record is what's going to give Philly the division and the Cowboys the five seed where they will have to go on the road. And that's a huge deal for Dallas because they're a completely different team. The last five games that they have played on the road versus winning teams, teams with a winning record, they're 0 for 5, they've been outscored 32 to 18 yeah. on average in those yeah. games. So that's why... Like, that Arizona game is going to potentially come back to bite them. They're a completely different football team when it comes to on the road, and that's why the one seed for them, or at least winning the division for them, mattered so much. Their only three road wins this year are against the Chargers, the Giants, and the Carolina Panthers. So Two of the three fired their coach. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and so, I mean, and, and the third one, the Giants, that was the first week of the season, and it was 40 to nothing. So the Cowboys are in big trouble, and are we all in agreement? If they have to go, if they need to get to the Super Bowl by winning in some combination at San Francisco, at Philadelphia, at Detroit, 
lights out. We right? can stop after the first one. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, I, at San Francisco, that's the one. I'm not, I mean, they can go to Philly and win. We've seen them be competitive in Philadelphia. I think it, being that it's in their division, you have a little bit more comfort with going there and playing with, against that team. I mean, Detroit, they're a good team, but I don't think they're quite mature to this point yet. But the only team that the Cowboys have to worry about is the San Francisco 49ers. And they beat them in when they played them once. And then we just watched them have a similar occurrence against another team that was not afraid to run it right at them. So that, I, I'm, not, I'm not optimistic. If that Cowboys team that we watched yesterday has to go on the road to Detroit, huh. they'll lose. They're not, they're not beating any of these teams. Huh? Lose. I don't think that, that both Detroit those backs game. will get dehydrated for Detroit. <laughs> They'll both run for 200 <laughs> yards. So the bottom, the bottom oh, line gosh. of it is, we're all saying the same thing differently. The Cowboys may have lost everything yesterday in that performance. Meanwhile, on the other side, the Bills of Buffalo who fired their offensive coordinator, who made that defensive coordinator change that stunned everybody before the season, who've had terrible moments all year long. Their quarterback yesterday had just seven completions. Here was Josh Allen after the win. Felt like the, the kid that didn't do anything in the class project but got an A. Um, but again, like, I'll do this ten times out of ten times, man. Like, this should keep going. <laughs> all right, and so a very strange thing has happened. Uh, the, the, the Buffalo Bills and their fans have adopted me. I'm now a member of the Bills Mafia. Uh, hashtag Bills Mafia. And I'm, I'm probably the least reasonable person to be that because A, I'm a lifelong fan of the Jets and B, I eat wings with a fork and knife. So I'm probably the last person you would think would be a member of Bill's Mafia. So let me make this clear. I'm I'm not a fan of the team. I just watch them play and I see the things that are obvious. They're an excellent team that lost ridiculous games this year. Mm -hmm. They had 12 men on the field on special teams. They couldn't make a field goal in Philadelphia. That team should right now be competing for the one seed in the AFC and Rex Ryan, I'm looking you right in the face. If the Bills get into the playoffs, they are my pick to go to the to, to go to the Super Bowl. They will beat anybody they have to, home or road, in the playoffs. I understand where you're coming from, yep. but I don't think they beat the Ravens. The Ravens, and, you, you still like the road goes through Baltimore. Yeah, it definitely goes through Baltimore, and here's here's why. You think Buffalo's defense is good? Yeah. Oh, yeah? Watch this Raven defense. And I'm going to tell you something. It's scary. And, and I'm proud of it. Like, I, the, the guys that are coaching the defensive line are two of my guys. Right. right? Anthony Weaver and, and Chuck Smith together. And, oh, I mean, it's lethal what they're doing up front. I mean, lethal they, what they're doing up front. They'll have a real tough time putting together a running, a running attack against the Ravens' defense that they did in this game. And they're going to put pressure on Josh Allen to make magic happen. And that defense, while they played well yesterday, I don't think that Bill's defense is well, all that great. I think Buffalo's the second scariest team in the NFL right now, behind San Francisco. And Week 18 has gotten very interesting yep. because they go on the road to Miami. Yep. And that feels like it's going to be for the division. Miami, their next two weeks, has to play both Dallas. Now they get them at home. And then they go on the road to that right. Baltimore team. If they lose one of those and Buffalo wins their next two, Week 18 is going to essentially be for the division. Let's be clear on what the schedules are. The Bills won their two hard games. They beat Kansas City and they beat Dallas. Now they get the Chargers 
and the Patriots, Patriots before that Dolphin game. So reasonably speaking, the Bills should win those two games. Right. If the Dolphins lose either of their two that you just described, Baltimore-Dallas, then that game in Miami the last weekend of the season will be for the division. Will be for the division. And if we think about some of the injuries that's going on for Miami right now, specifically on their offensive line, now they were great yesterday versus the Jets. But with the division on the line and the way that Buffalo's playing, here's what the reality of Buffalo is because we've lost – like sight of the coaching job that's going on a little bit right now, offensively, they've become a ball control offense. Four games under Joe Brady. They, they've, they've ran 301 plays. Okay, this is from Hembo. 301 plays. Their opponents have run 230. That's a completely different skew. Mm-hmm. They've run 100. They've got time of possession for 150 minutes. The opponents have 100. So ball control. They're playing heavy. More 12 personnel. One back, two to end. More 21. Two backs on the field. Defensively. This is who they've given up defensively. They played Tyreek. They gave up 58 yards to him. They played CeeDee Lamb, gave up 53 yards to him. They played Jamar Chase, gave up 41 yards to him. They played A.J. Brown. They gave up 37 yards to him. They played Mike Evans, gave up 39. This defense is playing lights-out football. Usually, Thanksgiving is around the time you start figuring out who's for real. The Bills have been for real all year long. They just kept losing ridiculous games. Suddenly, they're getting hot at the right time. Now, Rex's Ravens, in case you didn't stay up late last night, you missed them in Jacksonville. Very interesting game. Ravens would clinch a playoff berth with a win. Let's pick it up late in the second quarter. Jags down 3-0. Trevor Lawrence. Dan, what happens here? If Trevor gets out of the pocket, they've got a guaranteed three points. He goes to switch from right arm to left. Just completely loses the football. This is the second, like, Self-inflicted wound, obviously the missed field goal early on. This is step two of that process. Ensuing Ravens drive. How about this throw? Right after the penalty, you're thinking, okay, maybe we're only going to get a field goal. They motion. They get the defense to go horizontal, replace it with the vertical seam. Great throw. Now, here's a terrible sequence. Final 30 seconds of the half Jacksonville. Green, this is what should happen. You either get up to the line of scrimmage immediately and spike the ball, or you call a play. But the one thing you cannot do is throw the ball inbounds. If it's not there, just completely waste it. You have at least two more snaps. That is a critical error by Trevor Lawrence. Instead, they get no and opportunity. The coach, by the way. I don't mind a play well, ball, I do. ball there. A, a terrible I play. Do. Rex just, I mean, no matter how you slice it, that's a terrible, terrible sequence. Play. We can figure out who to blame in a minute. Right there. One other, it's 10 nothing now as they go to the half. Now, same score in the third quarter, and here's Trevor Lawrence again. Finally, you get a play-action shot. They move. Trevor Lawrence in the pocket, and he gets his longest completion of his career. A little bit of a blown coverage by Baltimore's defense. By the way, Lawrence, he played the whole game, but he would go into concussion protocol after this game. Then, Lamar, what happens here? What? Oh, Dominic. Yeah, it's not fair. What? I mean, these are things that, <laughs> and then he has the faith to throw it up. That's not even your starting tight end. It's a backup. Going up and taking it off of people's back. It's an outstanding play. There, there was like seven or eight plays in this game where I just wrote down Lamar plus play. It's Isaiah Likely who's making that catch down there. Ravens inside the five. And from there, Gus Edwards is going to punch it in. Ravens would go on to win this game by a score of 23-7. to And so let's take a look at where this puts Rex, the team you're talking about, the Baltimore Ravens in the playoff picture in a very jumbled AFC. The one thing that is clear, the Ravens have the one seed in their hands. They keep winning. The road will go through Baltimore. Yeah, and, and good luck with that to anybody they play. Yeah. This defense, to me, that's the difference. And, and look, they run the football. They ran it for, what, 240 yards? Just a so-so game. <laughs> all right. But they all, they're, they're so physical when they need to be. Their, their quarterback play is better than it's ever been. And that, this defense is absolutely lights yeah. out. They, they probably have the best coordinator combination yeah. in the NFL right now. Todd Monken on offense, Mike McDonald on defense. 
And then Lamar is top two, top three MVP candidate right now, if not one. I mean, he's playing phenomenal football. Dom and I were just talking about this, Greeny. There's so much that this football team does on offense. They have a little bit of, like, their throwback, kind of out-of-the-box offensive creative stuff. Lamar makes six or seven outrageous plays, but then they have their under-center run game, their RPO game, their drop-back game, their play-action game, their screen game. There's so much. The the reason why you say they're best coordinators and they're a really smart team is the same thing is true for the defense. Like, they come with with, uh, multiple zone coverages, blitzes, simulated pressures, all stuff that's impossible to prepare for. You come out there and it just looks like a beatdown, but it's a complex... Uh, scheme. So right now you got to bet that palatial estate of yours in Tennessee that you're always bragging to me about. You got your little fishing boat. You got your little golf course right. down there, Rex Ryan. On which team is going to win the AFC and be in the Super Bowl? You going Baltimore? I'm definitely going Baltimore. Neat Baltimore. Yeah, I'm going Baltimore. I'm 50-50 Baltimore or Buffalo. Nah, you can't bet. They're not a 50-50 bet. Um, not a bet. I know where you live. <laughs> I, I know you, you stood me up this weekend in Connecticut. I call up Danny. Let's get some dinner. He's too busy for me. Where, where you tell um, me. I'm going to say Baltimore right now because Buffalo's not in. But Buffalo wins their division. I'm taking Buffalo. They're getting in. The Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen are going to the Super Bowl. As we continue, it's getting warm in Pittsburgh right now. Could Mike Tomlin actually be facing something that could could have seemed unconsiderable a month ago? we got to dive into this after Saturday. Next. We are back on Get Up. Let's run through a lot of things that happened this weekend. Going back to Saturday, the Steelers look awful again and a loss to the Colts. And there's a lot of noise in Pittsburgh, Rex Ryan, about their coach, Mike Tomlin. What say you? Yeah, that's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, he's clearly the leader that can can, uh, get this team back. But I will say this. If they want to fire Mike Tomlin... That's the greatest thing you've ever done for him because as a free agent, Mike Tomlin would absolutely break the bank. Teams will be lining up to Every single team except the Chargers, we know who they're going to get. Fair enough. I I mean, look, I I would be campaigning for my team to hire Mike Tomlin. How much of this is on him? Yeah, I don't think much of it is on him. I guess he takes responsibility because he is the head coach. So, like, they all have to go down with the ship. So, he takes responsibility. But it's odd to me, considering that we all considered he overachieved the last several seasons. And this year, they're probably performing about what you would expect for them to have been for the season before. And now we want to get rid of them. Unbelievable head coach. Unbelievable head coach. This team, when you watch them, it looks like a team that the words from the coach are falling on deaf ears. This is the second time in three weeks that the effort hasn't been called into question. It's become blatantly obvious. Yep, we have some, some tape on that. Players. Yeah, we'll show some if tape. You remember, this is a couple weeks ago, Deontay yep. versus the Bengals. And then this past weekend, George Pickens on a run by Jalen Warren. So th- this, is, this is not a, a one-off thing. Actually, if you go back to the third down in this game, the first third down from the game versus Indy, Deontay Johnson's body language, Mitchell Trubisky gets sacked, and Deontay Johnson's body language is bad. Here's the Pickens this play from this Pickens. weekend. No, that, that's, that's just a, a, a missed throw. I mean, right. I, I'm, there's actually a run, run by Jalen yeah. Warren going yeah. up to the goal line. Yep. And here's the thing. Zero edge. You're zero about to see it. We'll, we'll show you the other Th- play, This too. comes the, the Pickens play. Yeah. Watch Pickens. Should be on the left side of our screen. Right. He's not he, even thinking he about blocking. Stops. Yeah. He's just standing there. 
Rex, what is that? I mean, are you either coaching it or allowing it to happen? Right. So I get it. But so that's Mike what the Tomlin, fans are upset about. Plus, the offense is I, archaic. The I, offense I, looks like Terry Bradshaw and Franco. Their defense, that's their defense exactly right, passes though. down tackles no. on the perimeter as well. All right. So, but, I mean, if that's not on the coach, then who's no, it on? But, but I am saying this. Look. The offense, they got to move away. You want to energize that building? Bring in a different offensive system. That's what he's going to have to do. Now, look, Mike Tomlin, his biggest, like, like his biggest strength is probably his biggest weakness. A man is loyal as hell right. to his people. Mm-hmm. All right? That's a great thing. But at some point, you got to be loyal to the franchise right. and do what's best to the franchise. I get your point about um, saying if it's not on the coach and who it's on. You can put it on the coach. But this is the first thing Players. that we've been able to put on the coach since he's been the coach there. Point. It's up, yeah. outrageous For to me that years. we're like, hey, <laughs> everything that we've been up until this point, we, lo- we owe in large part to Mike Tomlin being able to get more out of players than we expect. And then this season, we have three plays that we can point to that we say a couple of receivers right. aren't playing hard. And now we're like, hot seat this man? It seems a bit outrageous. I, I mean, the, the, this is the most expensive defense in football. In back-to-back weeks, Bailey Zappi and Gardner Minshew threw three touchdowns each first them. <laughs> to be clear, yes, I mean, it's bad. I, I'm not hot seating him. I'm, I'm right, really right. pointing out the fact that the fans, no, I know. if you go on I'm Twitter after their you. games, their fans it. are ready to I think climb. it's outrageous that we would entertain firing him. You, <laughs> yeah. there's, there's teams that go through coaches right. repetitively. But it is obvious that this football team is lacking in that. I watched Mike Vrabel's team 10 days ago play unbelievably tough yeah. on the road versus Miami. Yeah. They're not good. It's, no. And again yesterday, too. Yeah. Yeah, let me go to some other games here. Sure. The Mike Tomlin thing, look, I hear you, Pittsburgh. Be careful what you wish for. You want to get on that, 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 that hamster Roller wheel coaster. of other coaches? Trust me, it's not so pretty on the other side. Danny, let's talk about what we saw from the Browns and Joe Flacco. Down 10 points in the fourth quarter yesterday. They came back and won again. You have to put Kevin Stefanski very much so near the top of the list for coach of the year. Him, Shane Steichen, D'Amico Ryans down in Houston. 26% of this roster is on IR salary cap-wise. That's mm-hmm. unbelievable. And I think the thing that he's done <clears throat> with Joe is he calls completion plays. And Joe does a good job of just getting completions, getting completions, and then he goes, you can still throw it. And he dials up some shot plays, and Joe has that I-can-make-this-throw type of mentality. Look at that. 26% of their salary cap is on IR. That's their starting quarterback, their starting tailback, and both starting tackles. Yeah, they're on their fourth quarterback at this point, Rex, which is funny since I thought there was a rule that if your starting quarterback got hurt early in the season, you got a free pass. Well, like your offense can be the worst offense in the entire <laughs> yes. world, and no one can say a word about it because everyone's just supposed to feel Don't sorry Don't you dare for get you. rid of that coordinator. I thought that was a rule. Yeah, exactly. But anyway, the Browns, it's their offense, it's their defense that has them right there in the playoff. Yeah, picture. absolutely. And if you especially have if you're playing in Cleveland, that's a problem yeah. because this defense lights it up. And, and that's I mean, it's crazy though. They don't punt on the season. They've got four, their fourth quarterback. They're down to like their third or fourth string tackle. Yeah. Like, it's amazing how they function. But coaching, Bill Callahan's that offensive line coach. He's an absolute stud. All right. And, and Stefanski's doing a, a, a great job. Jim Schwartz coaching on defense. They got to imagine that. They brought in a real defensive coach and is kicking ass. They're well like, coached, man. I'm telling you. The defense deserves a lot of credit for keeping these games close. And what they're not asking from Joe Flacco is to be amazing the entire game. He had a couple passes in that game. It's like, damn, he can still throw that thing. Mm-hmm. But if you get in a situation where you're like, all right, Joe, 
<laughs> I need you Three to throw picks. it 45 times at the course of the game. Sure. The defense will keep them in it. Even with the turnovers, the defense will keep them in it, and Joe will be able to make a play here or there. That said, Nick, how about the way this game ends? The Bears, oh. who blew a 10-point oh. lead in the fourth quarter, uh. then have a Hail Mary directly in the hands of Darnell Mooney, Nick, and then it gets away. Oh, this is depressing. I mean, I'm not a Bears fan, but I wanted this to – it's just an amazing play. And then to have him kick it up right there, like it's late. He doesn't even have to catch it. Just don't, <laughs> just don't like, smack it out. Just like, let it land on you. Yeah, it just, like, falls into – it's a hard play to make. We're making it sound easy, but – this is something Darnell Mooney, well, I think, would succeed in most of the time. The, the downside is that wasn't the only dropped touchdown. Yeah, they had another yeah, dropped yeah, touchdown yeah. by Justin Fields to Tanya in their tight end. That was an unbelievable throw. So Cleveland escaped. Justin Fields needs help. But this happens to bad teams. I mean, it really does. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's so they funny because the, the teams that win are always the lucky teams. The teams that are horrendous are always the bad luck teams. And this this right here was so typical. I'm like, really? Are you kidding? Yeah. But he, it's, I, I mean, the, the, we've seen it out of this group. We've seen it out of the got, Bears Cleveland's thing. got a lot of By the way, the throw by this kid and the way he, he gets out of there, you know, it's like, okay, it's a hell. No, it's an unbelievable throw. Like, that's, that's how you throw the Hail Mary throw. Unbelievable. And by the way, I want to just draw attention to our beloved Kimberly Martin, who was on the sideline covering this game for us. Watch her facial expression as this play by Mooney takes place. You're going to see Kmart on the sideline. Watch her. Oh, <laughs> Anik. <laughs> I, I, I see that face when we're on set. Like her reaction faces are intense all the time. If you think she's performing, she is not. This is genuine. That, that ball is right in that lap of Darnell Mooney. Anik, I'm not. I understand <laughs> that all happens quite quickly, right? So it doesn't, it's not as easy as it looks for us st- sitting here talking about it, I assume. Yeah, it's not easy for us, but it's really easy for Darnell Mooney. Like, it should catch him, I'm right? sure I, I didn't oh hear what God. he had to say after the game, but I'm sure he expected to hold on to that, and he probably would have caught that 99 out of 100 times. Yeah. And, and one way or another, the Bears fall again, uh, which is probably in the big picture in, in their best interest. <laughs> Carolina won yesterday, so all sorts of stuff going on. Meanwhile, the weekend is not over yet. we got a big one in the NFC tonight. Eagles need wins. Seahawks desperately need wins. Jalen Hurts and Geno Smith, both game-time decisions. All the action tonight, 8 Eastern, ABC, ESPN, and Deportes, Peyton and Eli on ESPN2. Meanwhile, coming up next, we get back to the Buffalo beatdown as the boys got bludgeoned. Did their Super Bowl hopes die in the rain in Buffalo? We're on to that next. Get up on ESPN.